This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience First-hand, the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport, where, well, we're shell-shocked after what we've just seen, even for England. Uh, to plumb depths uh, currently and historically uncharted. Um, Tasmania, the Nadir, the end. And uh, myself, John Norman and Steve Harmison are going to discuss it all here on the following on podcast. So if you are listening to the show, you're probably Australian. Uh, Australia have won the Ashes by four uh, wins to nil wins. Um, and they have uh, they've done it in style, beating England by 146 runs after uh, England were bowled out for 124. Uh, that doesn't go uh, that doesn't go anywhere to explain another ridiculous day where another 17 wickets fell. Uh, Australia starting at 37 for three, and Mark Wood bowling brilliantly took the first three wickets to fall 67 for six. Uh, it would have been 91 for seven. If uh, Chris Wokes hadn't overstepped, Alex Carey ending up with 40. Should have been out for 19. Actually made 49. Um, And it was uh, possibly a pivotal moment. We'll never, ever know. Um, England continued to bowl well after that. But that partnership between uh, Cameron Green and Alex Carey pretty much uh, did the game for England. Uh, They did bowl Australia out, though, 155 Mark Wood, terrific figures, 6 for 37, his test best. So, over to England. Uh, They needed 271 runs to win. Rory Burns and Zach Crawley came out and had two or three large doses of luck along the way, but put on 
the uh, biggest uh, opening partnership of the series for England. 68 without loss, the over before tea. And England were favourites to win the match. 52% favourites to win the match. And then Burns was out just before tea, chopping on. Uh, Milan followed suit soon after. And it just uh, crumbled in a heap, essentially. Cameron Green with the first three wickets to fall. Boland came on, took a couple. Uh, he ended up with three for 18, and continuing his ridiculous uh, introduction to Test cricket. And uh, by the time Stokes went um, 92 for four, you knew that the game would be over late on day three. And indeed it was. Lessons to be learnt was the mantra trotted out by Joe Root to Adam Gilchrist. But what lessons... Uh, what lessons are there to learn, really? Well, let's find out. Steve Harmson. Story of the day. Well, Steve. Steve, I don't call you Steve. I call you Harmy. But um, yeah, we're all we're, we're all calling each other different names at the minute because we're all shell shocked about what on earth is going on. Can you um, can you try and put it into words from at tea favourites to win the match? And how many overs? 22 overs later. <laughs> 22 overs later, we're bowled out. I'm sitting on the, I'm sitting, I'm actually on commentary with Dan Norcross, sitting, seeing how well Burns and Crawley have played. Rotation of strike. Um, Burns, when he gets in and he gets in a flow, he has this ability to, to, you know, get inside edges, outside edges, into gaps because of the way his technique is, and that would work was a good partnership, and they got off to a good start. And you're thinking an over before tea. If these two go in at tea time, what a dressing room that'll be. They'll be bouncing. England have a chance here by lunchtime tomorrow. We could be three-one, paper all over a little bit of cracks. But at least we come away with our heads held high. Mark Wood, fantastic. We chased 270 last DNNs and we come away with you know some something out of the series, even though it's a bad series. I'm actually I'm not pleased. I'm not pleased. It's not I'm trying to put words into my mouth which is saying that this is a good thing for English cricket that this has just happened. Because this needs this needs a reset. This needs something drastically to change for English cricket to get better. I've said twice, I think, three times on the following on podcast, probably the same amount of times on the Critic Collective over this six and a half week period, that we are in a position where we are probably 10 times, and I probably exaggerate 10 times worse than where we were leaving Australia in 2015 in a white ball game. We are 10 times. We are embarrassingly miles away from where we need to be when it comes to playing test match cricket. And a lot of the players that are in there who have had a chance to play enough cricket now and their careers are going backwards. They shouldn't be going backwards in test match cricket. There should be an initial period of finding it hard. And then because you've been picked for England, you think you're talented, you should be going through the gears and forging a good career. Odd one will fall by the wayside, but not seven or eight. Not seven or eight. We've got players going backwards now. And I don't see, I, I really, I struggle to find out the answer. I was sitting next to Mark Rampakash talking about it. And it was like, where do you lay the blame here? Do you lay it at Silverwood's door? 
I don't think so. Do you lay it? You can't lay it Roots though, because he doesn't make the system. Do you lay it at Giles's door? Harrison, ECB's arrogance. That's where I look at it. ECB's arrogance of prioritising white ball cricket. Now we're all right because we're winning World Cups and we're we're playing well in one day cricket. We're making a fortune. TV deals this. You know, prioritising. I, I really struggle to find out where it is. We had a schedule on. And that comes under Ashley Giles. Is Ashley Giles getting what he wants because of the money men saying, no, 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 we have to play 100, 100 cricket. We have to play 2020 cricket at this time so we can't fit championship cricket in. So is he having his hands tied? Silverwood's having his hands tied because he's trying. And, and, and for all the goodwill and Chris Silverwood, he's tried his hardest to make sure that no other, none of the cricketers are standing still and potentially getting you know, mentally struggling, getting injured because of the crossover and the white ball and red ball. But they've made a complete hash of it because when you get to the Ashes, you pick your best team for the first test match. And hopefully if you win, like Australia did, you keep the same team, bring the odd one in to, 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 to sort of say, right, we have, we have built for this moment. And I'm not even going to go through. I'd be, this podcast could last four hours if I go through what potentially has gone wrong from decision-making. But we've decided two big things for me when it comes to decision-making. We played a kid in the first test match, Mark Wood. He bowled 25.3 overs. And we decided on a shirt front when we needed him most at Adelaide, we need to rest him. And then we play him in three test matches in a row straight after that. We see he's got an injury record. He's bowled, he's, bowled, he's bowled nearly twice as many overs as anybody else because well, he was know, he was the only one on that. He's bowled more overs. That. He's bowled more, bowled more overs than anybody else and he's bowled more than half of them since England lost the Ashes. Absolutely. And it's crazy. I and mean, it is what? madness. How, is that, and how the big, is that even a thing? And the second one, the second biggest one, was, again, we've tried our hardest to alienate Stuart Broad. Wow. And he's played in, and he's played in, he's played in, and he's he's coming to this series when it's been done. He played on a shirt front in Adelaide, and he didn't play in Melbourne, and we've chucked him out in games, and he's performed. I'm not saying Broad and Anderson would would have gone on and won the Ashes for England, but right at the very outset, I'm quite happy to say this now because hindsight's not a wonderful thing in my eyes. I seen that this when Ben Stokes became available. I said Ben Stokes needs to bat at number three. Nothing against David Milan. Bat at number three, and we play four, our four best bowlers. Yep. No, Broad you did Anderson. say it. You did say Broad it. Anderson, Wood, and Robinson. But that is the, the formula we should have gone down. You did. And because Stokes is available, we had to play a spinner. Stokes wasn't fully fit, and we still managed to stay in the series with the ball. It just done, and that's where the four and a half hour program would last if I start having a go at the batting. So we're not got enough runs. That was always going to be the key. Where the blame lies, but it's going to take some somebody with some big cojones to front up and say, right, I'm taking responsibility now. Talk about a review. They're marking each other's homeworks here, and that's not good enough. If they really want to have a go, get people who will tell the ECB straight. People that will tell the ECB if they really want to. There's plenty of plenty of people out there. There's plenty of us out there who will sit in front of in front of money men and say, if you want the best possible red ball team, 
and white ball team the balance is the balance is this and this is what they need this is what we need going forward because if you don't we're going to australia in four years time and we're going to get beat four or five nil again and we're going to paper over a crack coming back because we'll do all right in england and we'll go and beat australia get beat in australia again hasn't been good enough for in um, in a million different ways and and the problem is look at that look at that batting lineup going to west indies in march you know is well, that not, one's not it's, going it's not even gonna so, say again that one's not going well that can't go to the west indies well crawley will go. go to the west indies in march crawley will go milan will go root will go stokes will go and bairstow will go they'll just bring in another opener but it's this, they've, got the leave, they've, got, they've got to leave stokes out because he's not fit if he's not well, fit enough to well, be the all-rounder, they should he have left go. him out. They should have left him out in this test. His first scoring shot in his first innings, he grabbed his side. <laughs> it's Absolutely. Like, why, why are you playing? Uh, and that, and if, and his ten days, it's ten days of recovery that he hasn't had. Milan, Milan. I'm not taking Milan because I, I, something happened last night, which is something he should never have missed. And I know his wife gave birth six weeks earlier than. Than, than, than the due date. Um, Milan's been on the road for a long time now. I'd give him the I'd give him the West Indies off. I really would. The human element that we have to look at some of our sports people, but with the COVID bubbles are in, I'd give Milan. He's gone out today. He's been hit on the head. He's got no idea what day it is. Trust me, I've been there. I mean, I got I got a text message off Abby at about five o'clock this morning, and it was whatever happens with Milan remember you didn't see me born and you remember what that felt like and that was my daughter sending me that text message to say you remember dad so if if he does play a bad shot think about what you're going to say and that stuck with me it really did it stuck with me what Abby said to me because I do remember what it was like I was all over the shop we had just getting beat we all got beat three nil ashes had gone head was in bits because it was the best day of my life because my daughter was born but it was arguably one of the worst because she was 10,000 miles away and I didn't get to see her for nearly three months. So I think a human a compassion element, a human element, yes, they're professionals, yes, they're getting paid for playing, but the amount of time that David Milan's been aware, I'd just take a, give him a little break and say, look, have that, have that time at home with your family. Get himself, yes, he might go off and play the IPL, but it's, it's been so close. He's missed the birth of his child. He's been part of a series where we're just getting, it was just getting, yeah, I'm really embarrassed. I'd give them, I'd give him a, I'd give him six weeks. I'd give him the six weeks off. If he goes to the IPL, he goes to the IPL. He, he comes back into cricket that way. If he doesn't, he starts the season with Yorkshire and he gets himself in the shop window to try and get runs, to get himself in the team for the first test match on June the 2nd. I think we've got to have some, I think we've got to show some, some compassion and some heart there that I'd give, I'd give David Milan some time off. We've got to make decisions on the likes of Bairstow, what we're going to do with them. Are we, is, it, is Bairstow going to go and witty keep? That middle order now doesn't work. It's not working. It it's, it didn't work in Australia. Stokes is a six, not five. He's got about six if he's going to be the all-rounder. What's what we're going to do with Pope? That's the big question. He's got undoubted talent. Where does he go? Um, Witty keeper, it's up for grabs. But that that four, five, six of of experience that we show, three, four, five, six of Milan, Root, Stokes, Bairstow, Butler, it's not worked. 
for, for, tw- for, for, for 15 months now, we have not got, we've not got consistently over 200. So, so they're our best players, but it's not working. So something needs to shuffle and something needs to change. So what do we do? Because Stuart Broad came out after uh, whenever he came out and said, oh, we've got to start winning matches. And, and see, this is the thing, right? So what do we do with the West Indies? Do we say, yes, Stuart Broad's right. We just need to pick, pick our best team and win matches. Or, and, and in the same hand, we also say it's not fair that Owen Morgan gets his team all whenever he wants, but Joe Root doesn't. So there's two big arguments why we play our best team. Or do we say, no, we need to find out some who else can play? Because otherwise, Milan, who's in his 30s, Bairstow's in his 30s, Stokes, who's about 30-odd, Root's in his 30s. We're, we're just going to play the same guys, which hasn't really worked over the last two years. Um, but then if... but but. Joe Root and Chris Silverwood, if he sticks around, and I think it's unlikely he will, they can't they, they can't afford to go to the West Indies with an understrength side because if they then lose, then their positions are going to become even more under pressure. And let's not forget who is our first visitor to England. It's New Zealand, three test series. So it's not as though they can look forward to a, a test summer where they could feel that they'd be favourites to go on a win. So... Mirroring that up, the 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 very different uh, needs for the team is is going to be near on impossible. Yeah, and like I said before, it's not going to be an easy decision, whichever way you go go about it. But England have been in this position before. You know, they did it in the early two thousands when county cricket changed to the two divisions. They got a little bit of a reset. Central contracts started with playing cricket in the middle of the summer, good wickets, producing fast bowlers. Um, and very, very good, technically good batsmen. Ten years later, we were the best team in the world. Strauss and Strauss's team was the best team in the world. 2008, I think it was, when Peterson and Moores had the ding-dong, we went to the Caribbean with with, yeah. with Strauss in charge. With Strauss in charge. We are, and, and I'll know this because I had a, had a massive falling out with Andrew about being non-selection in Barbados because I wanted to know why I wasn't playing. And he was the man in charge. Yeah, Andy Flower was interim coach. He was there as a he was there as a right hand, but he wasn't the man that was making decisions. I bet, so, you, were, I bet you were pleased in the end, because that was when Sarwan hit 290, or wasn't it? And there was Rabbi Papari it was a fl- at 100. It was a flat It was a flat pitch. Ever. But it, boun- it bounced. And uh, it, was, uh, it was one of the only pitches that bounced in the West Indies, which is something I was wanting to play on. But... Irrespective of that, we might have to go down that route again, where we turn around to Joe Root and say, you're going, you're in charge. You take a, if, you, if you're going to go move Silverwood on, you take an interim coach and Joe Root makes the decisions and see if, yeah, just, we need, we need to reset our thought process and how we are going about Red Bull cricket. We can't change that overnight, first thing. So we can't, it's going to be a gradual thing to do. I think we have to look at, and as much as I agree with Stuart, as much as I think, yes, we need to pick our best side. Our be- we don't know our best side at the minute because none of our be- none of our players are playing. We're not we've not got the beauty of playing twelve months first class cricket. We are in the middle of the winter. We have got all our players are playing in, in indoor schools who are on the peripheral of this side. We've been beat four 0 in Australia where. We look as though we can't string a, a, a session together, never mind a, a, a day's play or a, a test match. 
So we might have to either think outside the box or take a punt on a couple of players that we think, right, is the next cabs off the rank. Thinking Ben Folks, if it's Ben Folks over Sam Billings. If it's Sam Billings, great. Sam Billings goes. Give him a go. Give him a punt. If he's Yates from, um, from Warwickshire, then fine. He goes up front. You know, he's another one. He's a bit, he looks as though he's a bit fidgety, left-hander. But we are not in a position where we can pick our best side because our best side has just been blown away 4-0 and is devoid of all ideas and confidence in you know, playing test match cricket at the minute. So as much as Stuart's right, I think we might have to take a punt on one or two players, as well as do we have a look at you know the dynamics of is the, are we are we going to the West Indies with Broad and Anderson? Bear in mind, the might was, not going that was gonna be my next again. that was gonna be my next question, you know. Do we do England? What is evident is that, and you know, Adam Gilchrist did, doesn't ask too many good questions of Joe Root at the end. But one of the questions he did make was that, you know, you, when four years' time, you're going to come back knowing you need a bit more brimstone. And, and Root didn't answer really. But at the end of the day, it's not good enough just having wood. You need, you need a couple of these guys. Arch is not going to be around. And it's, it's sadly debatable whether we'll ever see Archer really play test cricket again um, Ollie Stone's still some way off so do we do we throw you know someone who's raw into the side who's who's capable of bowling seriously quick I don't think we've got anybody I think ones that we've got are injured that's the problem our system doesn't produce bowlers who bowl fast our system is producing bowlers who put it somewhere close to off stump and let the pitch do the work and I think that's the the gradual systematic change that we need to move forward with our gear but we have got a tour in six weeks time to the West Indies and we've got to pick a group of players that are going to go there hopefully not scarred from from Australia to try and beat the West Indies something that hasn't been done since 2004 it's going to be tough so you asked me a month ago I would have said no broad no Anderson going to the West Indies let's see what Joe's like without and, and you know, having these group of group of players without Broad and Anderson in, can we go to an, can we go on an overseas tour? Because the, after the Ashes, they're probably not going to go on another overseas tour. Well, Jimmy probably won't. Broad might, and let's see what the what what the bowler knew it's like without them. But when I look at what Broad and Anderson have done in this series, I'm thinking I change my mind every every two minutes on these two because I'm like, well, no, they, they deserve to go on the tour because they've actually done their jobs. They put their bags on the plane, they put their boots on day after day after day, and they've gone out and done their jobs. So why shouldn't they go on that on that trip? As much as I want to look forward and try and find maybe his next cabs off the rank for a good good push in the summer and potentially going to Pakistan and I can't remember where South Africa, I think they're going after that. But Broad and Anderson are still our shining lights. Broad should have played in three in the first three test matches to give us a chance. There wouldn't have made a difference because we didn't score enough runs. But I keep changing my mind on that one because I don't think they deserve not to go. I think we, we would be look we would be blaming the wrong not blaming the wrong people, but a scapegoat and the wrong people for an embarrassing ashes trip. I don't think any bowlers on this on this on this trip don't deserve to go to the Caribbean. When you're talking about Ollie Robinson, I said last night and I was you know, quite passionate about my experience. But I think it sums the trip up when one of your coaches is calling out one of your players for not being fit and having a poor attitude. 
that's rock bottom. We've got nowhere to go from that. We've got nowhere to go from that. You get bowled out in half a session, lose 10 wickets in half a session, and one of your coaches slags off and calls out one of the bowlers who's actually bowled quite well. And he fronts up and he tells him that his attitude's not very good and his lifestyle's not very good and his fitness level's not good enough to play test match cricket. When up until this test match, he was the leading wicket taker in the series and we haven't scored many runs more than 200. Can it get any worse than that? Can it get any worse than that? We've got coaches slagging players off, slagging bowlers off because of their poor attitude. If they've got poor, if players have got poor attitude, then the coaches need a good shake because if they're picking players with poor attitudes or they're letting them have poor attitudes, then these coaches need to have a really, really good look. I might be a million mile wrong. Chris Silverwood, John Lewis, throwing things back at me, but you, you've devised a system and allowing you to pick players with poor attitudes. We are rock bottom if that's because that's just happened. It's um, it, it, it surprised me how chastened I was at the end of that game because it's been a torturous tour. This has been the worst tour. You know, this is worse than 06, 07. This is, this is worse than 13, 14. This is worse than 17, 18. This is, this is, this is plumb new depths. I, I never thought were actually possible to plumb from an English perspective. And it's, it's almost impossible to see how England are going to turn it around because it's so, you know, our two, our, our two best bowlers are about to head off into the sun, sunset. Um, our best all-rounder is still way, way short of where he needs to be. We don't know who our wicketkeeper is. We don't know who our openers are. And our best batsman is our captain, and he, he, he cannot... The chance of Root having a 2022 like he had a 2021. Um, Very impossible. And then, of course, we've got injury concerns surrounding, you know, some of the, the players who could come in, like, like Archer and Stone. So... Yeah, the only thing that could get worse, John, really, what the only thing I, England are at rock bottom and they've got nowhere to go. But one thing could happen to just make sure it is like you <laughs> are literally weird. You're Joe Root walking away. Yeah, Joe Root walking away from the captaincy, and I think England of England of then have got then they're back down a cul-de-sac and they're at a dead end. And I tell you what, the road to the the light at the end of the tunnel is is some serious place. Because if he walks away from that captaincy, and I wouldn't blame him, I wouldn't blame him, I wouldn't encourage him. But I would, I, I wouldn't. If he come to me and said, "Harmy, I need your advice. I'm thinking about packing up the captaincy and giving it in," because I don't think I've had the help and I've not had the team and. I've not played in the IPL, which is another take on my CV list. I would, that's what, that's one thing I would not try and talk him out of. Because just, I don't they... think he has had a fair crack at a whip. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. They were discussing on uh, TV comms a composite of England-Australia side, 11 from the series. Do you want to hear mine? There'll not be many English in it. My, it'll, my, be like, my... it'll be like Jack Wiltshire's yesterday when he did Tottenham and Arsenal. <laughs> Pick 11 Arsenal players. Warner. See if you disagree with any of these. Okay. Warner. Yeah. Harris. Yeah. Labashain. Yeah. Kawaja at four. Head, yeah. Green, yeah. Carey, Stark, Cummins, Lyon, Boland. Mark you know Wood. what I'm going to say? You Mark know what Wood I'm going to say? Man. I know you're going to say. You know what say, I'm going to say? You're going to say Wood I'm, for? Probably Wood for Stark. Wood for, wood for Stark, yeah. Yeah, Lyon has to play because I think Lyon's been excellent. Um, I can't disagree. I could have chucked. I could chuck Crawley at you for Harris, but that yeah. would be a heads or tails. That would be a heads or tails. Cro- He's going out the same way. Harris, that innings he scored, was it a Melbourne? Melbourne, yeah. That was a bloody good innings. Yeah. But Crawley got out the same way. Crawley, Zach Crawley's turning quickly into James Vince. Pretty 30, pretty 40, you get a good score. But if you put enough balls in and around that, not quite drivable, just undrivable area. He'll nick one straight a slip, but straight behind. Yeah. We we jettison we jettison James Vince out of the town. And I like Zach Harris. You know how I feel about Zach Car- Zach um Zach Crawley. I actually think he is a player that we could persevere with, but he keeps getting out the same way. And I said that about Vince. He looks stylish, he looks good. But he keeps getting out in the same way. And the one thing you can't do in national cricket is keep getting out in the same way because bowlers are so good now. They put five out of six in the right area and you eventually succumb. And unfortunately for Zach, 
he's done that. We might have to go back to the drawing board and go with some more experience, have a look at players who have been there before, who are hopefully more seasoned, more experienced. We look at the two openers for Australia. Well, 135, 135, 134. You know, yeah. they're, they're experienced. You go back to a Robson, a lie that I think Stoneman's race is run, but one or two players, a Vince is gone. And there's a lot of question marks on Vince because people say, oh, well, he's gone, he's gone down to number five for Hampshire. He's probably gone down to number five for Hampshire because it was only this year he's done it. Probably because he's thinking, you know what, I'm playing franchise cricket around the world. I'm getting the one-day side every now and again. And every time I'm in around the test side, people say the same thing. Oh, he gets a pretty 30 and nicks off. Well, is he a better player now than he was two years ago? He's more experienced, played more cricket. He understands the game better. He might be better now than what he was. We don't know. And that's the job of the selectors, to find out and try and put the pieces together before we get to the West Indies. Because that's a big, big decision on what 17 go to the West Indies in a white, in a white cricket shirt. I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world to try someone like Live um, as an opener. I really don't. Yeah. I, think, I, 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 think, I think that would be a, a good decision. Hey, it pains me to say it, but how do you rate these Aussies? We focus a lot on England, um, but in Cameron Green, they've got a player there, isn't there? I mean, he's only 22 and he's... He, he's, he makes he's, a difference. He makes a massive difference. He's probably still, you know, he's not quite justifying a number six bat, but he's played a couple of important innings. Um, he will, you imagine, get better. But with the ball, I mean, I've, I can't think of an Australian all-rounder all that as bold as well as I've seen Green Bowl in this series, off the top of my head. No, Watson, Watson early part of his career came in and bowled well, but not to the extent of what, what Green has. Um, I think he transforms his side into a team that can play all around the world. You go to India and they'll, they can compete now in India if they've got a second spinner. If they've got a wrist spinner, if they've got a different option to Nathan Lyon, you've got two seamers, Cameron Green and two spinners. You're not, you're not losing anything in the side. You've got a varied attack. Um, he reminds me a lot of Andrew. He reminds me a lot of Freddie. You know, his mannerisms, the way he... You know, the way he bats, the way he defends the ball, you know, the big strike coming out, um, looks to he, hit solid down looks, the ground. And he, he even looks he sheepish, <laughs> like Freddie. He does, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of Andrew, a lot of early Andrew in in um, in Cameron Green. And I like what I see. I said that at the start of the series. He's, he's a fantastic young cricketer who, if his body can hold up, where at 22, Andrews didn't as much as what... You know, Freddie wouldn't been able to get through a series at, 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 at 22. It wasn't until later on when his, his body became cricket hardened that he could get through that. Um, and it was only really for two or three, two or three years where he was, you know, batting all rounder, bowling all rounder, and we were we were a different side because of that. Then it gives you a lot of a lot of variety in the bowling department. Um, either Australia need a number seven. Wicketkeeper, I still think the jury's out on on Kerry. Um, people are saying Smith's you know, struggling a little bit, you know, body movements and stuff like that. This guy averages sixty in world cricket. He's a fantastic player. He'll come good, no no shadow of a doubt. And, that, and the same with Marnus Labuschagne. That's the disappointing thing from an England point of view. We bowled so well at these these low. Yeah, Labuschagne averaging 
mid thirties, Smith averaging under that, Warner averaging under that, and we've we've not really competed, and that's a disappointing thing for me. Australia's bit part players have come in and played a massive part, where we have we have just literally thrown names in a hat, chucked them out, and hope that they've gone well. So, I think this Australia side will get better. I think Pat Cummins is a fantastic. Time will tell whether he's a fantastic leader, but he's an unbelievable bowler. Um, and I'm pleased that he got wickets in that game along with Mark Wood because I think two of them have bowled their hearts out without the big rewards. And both Mark and Pat Cummins, uh, similar similar characters, as in, you know, the running all day, try and bowl as quick as they can for their team, give everything they possibly can. Got a smile on the face, but they've got a bit of nasty aggression about them. You know, they are yeah, two great characters of world cricket um, and they've got their rewards in, in, in this test match by getting the wickets. But I think they probably need an opening batsman and a, and a, and a, a wicketkeeper batsman before we can, we can say they are going to be world class. But I don't think they're far away, to be honest. OK, Harvey. Well, that's it. Another ash is done. And uh, unfortunately... It's a very, very familiar feeling at the end of it, isn't it? But uh, as much as I say that, uh, it's it surprised me just how painful and how disastrous that last 22 overs, whatever it was, um, actually was. So, um, look, thanks so much to all the listeners. We've had thousands of listeners over the last, uh, hundreds of thousands of listeners, actually, over the last uh, six weeks or so. Harm, you've been brilliant on BT as well. Um, and you're you're heading off off to the Caribbean this week as well. So cricket never ends, eh? Um, but thanks for everything, all your input. Um, hopefully you're not going to be too bored. I tell you, what, it's going to be good to be able to talk about something other than the act. <laughs> you're back on the positive. Cricket, yeah, you're back on the cricket collective on uh, Tuesday as well. On Talksport too, and uh, you'll be popping up and doing lots of uh, lots of stuff in the Caribbean on TalkSport as well. So, mate, brilliant stuff as ever. I'll speak to you soon. And uh, thank you very much for listening to the following on podcast. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.